In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Uh, it's a joy to be home. We had a wonderful time at the convention. I want to share a couple of uh, beautiful highlights. Uh, one, just a great spirit among the clergy and the people. Uh, Metropolitan was a wonderful pastor uh, during that time, very beautiful time. Um, we had the blessing of a couple um, that cared for Father Roman, Ramon Braga from the monastery of uh, Rive Junction. Um, and uh, he had passed away, and so they gave us these little, this time, what did we learn from Father Roman? Father Roman was a uh, Romanian priest who was uh, in a trans tra uh, concentration camp for 12 years, solitary and confinement for two. Uh, and he said that's where he met God. And all these beautiful things that were shared uh, about his life and about the things that they taught, uh, they, that, uh, that they learned from him, so a beautiful time. Mother Gabriella, from that monastery uh, in Rives Junction, um, was there too, and she shared just the whole idea about the monastic life and things about that. So there was a great spiritual kind of a tenor uh, of the conference. Uh, the speaker, uh, the, the, the speaker was there, I can't remember his name, but he was it was a blind man who was incredibly powerful in terms of his presentation about uh, just being committed to the Christian life and how powerful it is. He lived a, a hard uh, life away from God, made this incredible transition to God. Now is helping thousands of people in their faith. So it was a very powerful convention. Um, we had a wonderful vacation. We traveled with uh, Father John Henderson and his wife Janet uh, away, so we had a beautiful time. So God blessed that as well. And then yesterday, we went to the ordination of Father Christopher Dillon. So when you see him again, Father Christopher, you kiss his hand. So it was a joy to be away and all the things that happened, uh, so many beautiful things. So let me share to you the, with the homily that some of the things that uh, I observed in this. Um, the topic of the homily is God heals us so we can become good citizens of the kingdom. We're healed for a reason. Not just to be healed. The demoniac, okay, all the people uh, in the cities, Lord heals everybody for a purpose to be good citizens of the kingdom. So, what's this mean to us? Um, in the book of Romans that we read, the epistle reading, the theme of Romans is God's righteousness revealed in Christ and his church for our salvation. God's righteousness is revealed in Christ and his church for our salvation. That's the theme of the book. Written by St. Paul in about 55 AD. It was written, he was written in Corinth, and it was written, it's the only book that he wrote to the city he never visited, that he, didn't, he hadn't visited before. So uh, it's an interesting book, uh, but very powerful. And so God heals us so we can become good citizens. So in this epistle, 
there were certain things I'm looking at. These are things that, are, that are, God is challenging us to practice, but we need help. We are strong, need to bear with the failings of the weak. Do not please your, ourselves, but please your neighbor for their good. Be steadfast in encouragement of the scriptures with, which give us hope. Help us to live in, uh, in, in, uh, in harmony with one another so that we could together with one voice glorify God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when I read these things, I look at them and I say, I don't do all of those very well. I need to be healed. I've got my own agendas. I've got things that I have that... Uh, get in the way of practicing these things that St. Paul says are critical in relationship to our, our faith, to our Christian life, to be good citizens of the kingdom of heaven. So how do I kind of engage these things? So um, I just want to go through them quickly and encourage us that we need to ask God to help us. So Lord, heal us so that we can be strong so the strong can bear with the failings of the weak. You know, this is not an easy thing. You know, we are called to help one another, to bear one another's burdens. It's very interesting. Interpretation of this is that uh, to bear with the failings of the weak, bearing with them does not mean to put up with them. That's what I hear. Bear with just put up with the people in your life that are bothersome, that are weaker. Put up with them. No, it means to carry together. To carry the burden of the other together with them. That's a very different interpretation. To bear with them or to carry with them. And I want to commend you, because I know in this community, and I've seen it many times over and over again, how beautiful it is that you pay attention to that that you help bear one another's burdens, that you carry the burdens with the other person. Somebody's suffering, you go visit them. Somebody's sick, you go help them. Somebody needs some encouragement, you encourage them. I want to encourage you to be even better at it, to get better at that, to carry with the other person the burden. That's a very different thing than putting up with. Put up means you don't have to be with them. To carry with means you need to be with them. This means to join one another in your struggles and sufferings. Somebody needs a phone call, call them. Somebody needs a pat on the back, pat them on the back. Look around and pay attention because God has made us a community, a family, and as we do this, he will show us one another who's suffering, struggling, who's weak, and so we can help them carry their burden together. So, God needs to heal us from our, ourselves. And this is the next, this beautiful line, don't please ourselves. I'm really good at pleasing me. I don't know, are you really good at pleasing you? Yeah. Don't lie. We're good about pleasing ourselves, right? Right? St. Paul says, don't please yourself. 
but please your neighbor for their good. That's the higher Christian way. To not, we have to take care of ourselves. That's an important thing. For what reason? So we can help the other. We need to be, we tend our life. We're concerned, we're careful with our life. For what reason? So we can help the other. Love thy neighbor as thyself. You know, the interpretation of that by the saints is love your neighbor instead of yourself. That yourself is your neighbor. Yourself is your neighbor. You know, it's very interesting that in Christian spirituality, the teaching is that you find yourself in the other. You don't find yourself by yourself. You need other people in your life to find yourself. And normally, you find yourself with people that you struggle with the most. Because the first thing you do in that situation is you find out your weaknesses. So you can repent of them. And then God opens that door, and you begin to really see who you are. But you can't find yourself by being alone. You find yourself in the other person, like a mirror. It's very important to understand that this, this, this effort we make to, to, uh, to, to serve our neighbor is finding yourself. It's where it, 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 it's where it really happens for us. So, let us work to set aside ourselves to help our neighbor, uh, and let this be your joy. Let this be your joy, to help the other person, to do something good for your neighbor, to do something good for the other. This should be our great joy. You know, I would encourage you to, yes, care for yourselves, but our great joy should not be that we are happy, although that's important. Our great joy should be that we made our neighbor happy. We kind of ex extend ourselves out a little bit. And then these words of St. Paul, be steadfast in encouragement of the scriptures that we might have hope. It was really interesting on the plane, I, no, I, took, uh, I normally take a bunch of magazines and things to read, <clears throat> flying back and forth and all around and doing, having spare time. I just took the Bible this it was awesome. So what do I read? There was no choices. I had to read one thing, the Bible. So I decided to read, uh, kind of look through all and read through all the uh, minor prophets. Powerful. Powerful. They're powerful. You know, the beautiful thing about the minor prophets, they're very short. <laughs> one, two, three, four chapters. You're done. Like, this is awesome. You know? Not like Isaiah, you know, 65 chapter, whatever it is, this minus monster book. The minor prophets are great. But the beauty of them is you see God's steadfastness in the life of these people, in the life of Israel. When they're doing poorly, he chastises them. But to what end? To their repentance. This is back and forth with us all the time. And God does this with us. Kind of nudges us a little bit when we're off track. Chastise a bit. Why? Because he desires to save us. In reading the scriptures, we, we can be very encouraged in this. I just encourage you to get into them. Read them. Um, we read them and we hear the promises of God that, that we are his people. We're his children. We're a child 
You're a child of the creator of the universe, the sustainer of everything. You're a child of God. That should help us kind of settle us. He loves you more than anything you could imagine. God loves you. God loves his people. God loves all people. God loves his creation. You can rest in this. You hear it in the scriptures. One of the beautiful scriptures is a, the psalm um, where it says, he removes our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. Now remember the teaching on that was that if you start in the west and you start going west, you'll never find the east. You're just going west. But if you go north, guess what happens? You'll find the south. So you return. East is from the west is that it, you never, you're separated forever from your sins. So when we come to confession, we have this beautiful <clears throat> moment where we can understand this separation from our sins. God separates our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. These beautiful words. We have these great victories of, 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 uh, that we read in the scriptures. Um, the righteous Israel was, was always victorious. Christ's victory over death. The martyrs, the saints' victories. So we see God victorious in this way in the scriptures. I'm just encouraging you to kind of get back into them. So as best we can, let us be steadfast encouragement in scriptures because the scriptures, the scriptures will give us hope. And to live in harmony. You know, I want to share with you, I'm so encouraged um, about those, the five goals that we've kind of, so that you have given to us that we're targeting. I'm very encouraged by that because I think for the next three to five years, these are things we can really chew on and watch the church grow in a very beautiful way. Um, so we can get on the same page with these things and, and join this, and join, and join one another in this. Um, I think it's important that you see that and kind of look at that in, as we journey for the next year through these goals, to look at them and see where you fit in them. Where, where are you, what will you, what will you grab in this and help, help you and the church move forward together? Because we have to kind of see ourselves kind of as a team and, and uh, grabbing on to the same uh, efforts and moving ourselves forward. You know, it's a bit like a football team, um, playing a lot of football in my life. I come back into the huddle, and uh, the offensive guard would say, I can beat this guy every time to the quarterback. And the receiver said, oh, no, no, I can, win, I can win this guy. I can beat this guy in the corner every time. Throw it to me every time. Running back says, no, no, off the right side, we can gain yardage every time. So the quarterback calls a play, and everybody's got to do that play, right? The receiver doesn't do something different. The guard doesn't block his guy differently. The running back doesn't go. We all have to get on the same page, and the play is called, and we all run that play together. Not going in a thousand directions. Well, I think this is what we should do. 
I'm encouraged by this because I think we've kind of got ourselves in a place as a parish where we can live in this way together in harmony and move ourselves and the church forward as a, a family. So I encourage you to that. And lastly, so that together you may, with one voice, glorify God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That we may come to worship God. I know he's speaking to the choir, but you need to be at church all the time. As much as you can. Even walking in the building is a blessing. Communing with the body and blood of Christ, the medicine of immortality, for the forgiveness of sins, for healing of soul and body. All these things are important to us, that we come together and worship together. It's the most important thing that happens to you can happen to anyone in their, in their week is to take Holy Communion. We should not miss that. That should motivate us. That should drive us. I need to take the body and blood of Christ. It's interesting that in one of the prayers before Communion, St. John Chrysostom says, we need to come to Communion so we don't become the prey of the invisible wolf. We think we can just kind of not come and that's going to be okay? Well, it's not going to be okay. Not okay, right? Not okay. The saints are clear. We understand this. When we begin to miss and make excuses about missing, and sometimes they're good, I understand that, but be, to being regular communicants is a powerful thing in living the Christian life, an important, essential thing in living the Christian life. So I'm just encouraging you to put aside excuses, to step through the difficult decisions sometimes it is to get here. I know that. But because communion is by far the most important thing that you do. By far. Nothing touches it. Okay? It's first and second's down here somewhere. I'm just encouraging you how important it is to take that body, to take that, that, that blood, the blood of Christ, the body and blood of Christ, because it is our life. St. Lord says in John, if you do not take it, there's no life in you. So fight, fight with everything you have to get yourself to the chalice. To come together to worship God together. So God heals us in all these things so we become, can become good citizens in the kingdom. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.